Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. This is Lorraine Ball, and today I am really excited because I'm going to get to talk to another storyteller. Uh, it's really a pleasure to welcome Sue Toth here today. Sue, thanks for joining us on More Than A Few Words. Thanks for having me. Sue, when we were talking before the show started, you were describing how you serve businesses, and I, I, you had such a great way of phrasing it. Go ahead and, and repeat that. Okay, well, what I do is I help businesses get their messages out so the world can hear what they need to say. Awesome. And so today we are going to be talking about a very specific kind of messaging. We're going to be talking specifically about content for websites and blogging, which is quite honestly one of my personal favorite topics. Awesome. So let's start with a really easy question. Why do you think it's so important to have content, and particularly in the form of a blog, on your website? Well, I think it's important because people do business with people, not companies, first of all. And also, people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And a blog is a great way for your customers to get to know you. You certainly can't sit and chit-chat with every single customer you have, so this is a great way for people to get to know you as a business owner. The other thing that I really like about a good blog is that it answers a specific question. And if somebody wakes up at 2 in the morning and just wants that piece of information, when they search the Internet, they'll find the blog and they'll find you. That is correct, and one of the important things that I always tell my customers is that blogs do need to be informational and educational. They can't be just another sales piece. People are looking to you for answers, and that's where you're going to give them their answers, is in a blog, and it's the best way to do it. It, it really is, and it's, I mean, it's powerful for search engines, it's powerful for people, and then the blogs have a really nice afterlife because you can share it on social media. Yes, that's very true. You can repurpose them for a lot of things in social media. You can use them in email newsletters. I've even had clients who have taken a whole bunch of their blogs and put them together and made them into a book. You know, that is a great idea. And really, each blog post becomes almost a chapter. Yes, it does. Or, or you could take a few on the same subject and put them into different chapters. I've worked with a lot of clients who do that. It is a great way to repurpose content. You know, I have a couple of friends who always say, oh, I want to write a book. Oh, I want to write a book. And I always tell them, start with a blog. Yes, absolutely. Because a book can be overwhelming, but a blog is shorter and easier and a much better way to get started. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you have so many blogs that there you go, you have your book. Absolutely. So how do you suggest businesses get started writing their blog? If they've never done it before, what are some of the first steps? Well, the first couple of steps that I recommend to my clients is, first of all, look at your industry and decide if there's any important dates or times of year. 
in your industry. For example, if you're a landscaper, when spring comes, you want to start to talk about how to get your garden ready for the spring and the summer. And make sure that you, you put those things into your blog. The other thing that I like to recommend to my clients is think about the questions that your clients always ask you. What are the questions that you're constantly answering over and over and over again? Those are great things to put into a blog because then people can also look up your blog if they can't get a hold of you. If it is 2 o'clock in the morning and they want that answer, they can find it on your blog. You know, I worked with a veterinarian and he had a really good approach. Every time he ran into a particularly interesting case and he was writing a follow-up email to a pet owner with instructions. So, you know, your cat has been diagnosed with kidney disease. Here are the things that you should watch for. Here are the treatments we would recommend. Well, he sent the email, but then he immediately took that content and turned it into a blog post because it was three quarters written. And now yep. he can just link back to it every time he has another patient. Yes, that's an excellent way to do it. And again, that's a question that a lot of cat owners are going to have because unfortunately when cats get older, it seems that that happens to a lot of them. So that's what I mean. When you think about those questions that you answer frequently for your clients, those make terrific blog posts and also the special events or special times of year that come with your industry. Absolutely. Those are always great things to promote in a blog. You know, some of the other topics that we really like and find very helpful are things like employee interviews and case studies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, you case studies especially are terrific because, again, they're answering questions. They're providing information. And once you've written one, what's really nice, I think, is you can kind of have a formula. And we do this for both case studies and the employee interviews. We have two or three questions we ask, we put the answers in, and it doesn't even really take a lot of additional writing to get something that you are comfortable sharing with a wider community. That's very true. That is very true. The one thing that I always do like to remind people of, though, um, is to always put a call to action at the end of your blog. Mm. Even though the blog itself should be informational and not sales pitchy, you still want them to do something at the end of it. So even though you're using those same few questions, don't ever forget that piece of it because that is pretty important. You know, that is I, I absolutely... Uh, when we design websites, when we work with clients, we always talk to them about the next step. Because if you don't give someone a next step, their next step is going to be to go back to Google. So if someone has read your whole blog post, offer them a white paper, a resource kit, an opportunity to try something or watch a video. But whatever it is, there always needs to be the, wait, there's more. At the end. <laughs> yep. Or or offer them a you know a free fifteen minute consultation call or something like that. Something where they know they're going to get value from you. Absolutely, and I think part of it is you earn the right to make the offer. You have given them something of value. You've given them information that they need, want, or enjoy. 
And so you earn the right to say, well, if you like that, you know, we do these other things too. Maybe, That's very true, yes. You know, maybe it's something as simple as just sign up for our newsletter and we'll send you a link the next time we have a, an article on this topic. And another thing that is always important to remember when you do this is that you will, as you gain a following, get to be seen as an expert in your industry and a thought leader. And then if someone's looking for something, you know, maybe they'll ask a friend, well, I'm trying to find out information about such and such. And that friend will say, you know what, I found this really good blog, and here's the, here's the web address where you can find it. And all of a sudden, your following is growing because you're offering valuable information to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, um, uh, Seth Godin, who is really, I think, a, a pioneer in digital marketing, he actually started deliberately giving away all of his all of his books sort of one chapter at a time through his blog and first people thought that was crazy but he was like no you know you give it to them in little pieces and they'll pay to get the whole thing they'll actually you kind of get them hooked with the freebies and they kind of become sort of junkies and followers and they stay with you as you move them through your sales process Yes, I have found that to be true with my clients as well. That works terrifically. So, yeah, Seth, Seth definitely knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so what about, what are some other important elements in a blog post? As you're kind of doing this, you're gathering your information, what are the pieces that you really need to keep in mind? Okay, well, there are a couple of things that I think are important. The first one is that you want to be conversational. You, want, you don't want to sound too high and mighty or I'm so much more intelligent than you. You want it to be like you're having a conversation with your client. Mm -hmm. In that same regard, you also want to be careful of jargon. If there's jargon that's specific to your industry that an outsider may not know about, you'll want to limit those words mm -hmm. because people don't know what they mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final thing that I would say is really important is that you don't want to go more than five to six hundred words in a blog post. Believe it or not, studies have been done and have shown that if it goes too much longer than that, people are going to stop reading. They don't have the time or they don't have the inclination. I'm not sure what the reasons are, but you do kind of want to keep it short, sweet, and to the point. That third point is such a challenge because you're right, people's attention span is short and when we first started blogging we used to do like 300 word blog posts, but Google doesn't like 300 word blog posts. That's correct. And so that 500 to 600 is, is a real sweet spot because it's long enough for Google to consider it authoritative and short enough to still be easy to consume. What I tell people is if you're going to write longer, I mean, and we occasionally will write 1,000 and 1,500 word posts, but you've got to break them up. It's got to be scannable, heads, subheads, so people can jump down. And a lot of times they will stay with you if you break it up like that, where they may not read the whole thing, but they will keep scrolling and just kind of grab your headlines and, and a couple of lines and then re jump down a little further 
um, because they still make it to the bottom of the page. Yes, yes, and plus it kind of, as you said, breaks it up for the eye a little bit too, which makes it easier to digest for the reader. And if you really have 1,200 words, divide it into two blog posts and publish one on Monday and one on Tuesday and link between them. Because then people will definitely come back because they want to see what's coming next. Uh, I, I love that idea. That works well. I can't believe the time has just flown. Yeah, it really has. I have so enjoyed the conversation. Um, Sue, if people want to catch up and, and learn more about your writing and editing services, where should they go? They can go to suetoth.com. It's S-U-E-T-O-T-H dot com. Awesome. And we will actually have a link to your website in the podcast description. So if you're listening today and you really are excited about blogging, but you're not really sure you want to do it yourself, you certainly can check out Sue's website. And if you have enjoyed today's program and you'd like to know more about topics like marketing and email and web design, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. And you can certainly subscribe to More Than a Few Words wherever you listen to your podcasts. Sue, thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.